Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 102. It is the finale of Season 3. On to Season 4, as the season starts on Tuesday, which will be tomorrow when you're listening to this. So that is super exciting. And, you know, Andy and I, we have a fantasy draft tonight that we might uh, start the podcast off, you know, talking about, Uh, you know, people that are in fantasy hockey uh, kind of know that it's uh, it's a serious thing managing a fantasy hockey team and uh, or fantasy football, whatever you uh, you do these days. So we might start off with that. Uh, there's some questions I think I need to bounce off of Andy this year. And, you know, we have some pretty big NHL news. Uh, you know, we saw the writing on the wall with Jimmy VC, but we'll get into that and what the final roster looks like. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a pretty busy podcast. So uh, I have to say or start off with Andy. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, doing good. You know, I've been gearing up for this draft tonight. I'm already going running through some scenarios, doing some mocks and stuff to get ready. Uh, what it's, you know, New York sports are in full swing. Uh, we have, you know, the Mets uh, game three tonight. Uh, big win for the Jets today. Another one for the Giants, uh, which makes me a little nervous, but uh, we'll talk more <laughs> about that later. But um yeah, uh, it, you know, it's just it's, it's the sun has been finally been out the last few days. So the weather's been beautiful. And yeah, the regular season for the New York Rangers starts on Tuesday. And this is the finale of season three of our podcast, which is incredible to think, you know, 102 episodes uh, for season three, which is awesome. Um, and it's been a great season for well, was a great season for the Rangers. And then we both our podcast and the New York Rangers start a new um, on Tuesday. So uh yeah so this will when you listen to this on uh monday morning this is our season finale and then we have a new episode uh dropping on thursday which will you know just talk about uh the first few games of the season so really exciting yeah and you you know i I think going into this season uh you know there's some things i need to get off my chest but i do want to start things off you know differently with a little fantasy hockey talk i know a lot of people do fantasy hockey and it's uh, I think it's grown in popularity since, you know, fantasy sports in general has grown in popularity and uh, even daily fantasy, you know, within the NHL, football, baseball, basketball. So um, it's pretty relevant. Uh, 
you know, there are a couple things I think, Andy, that I do want to talk to you about. And I think that might be a little bit more, more personal player related than anything, but, uh, you know, we are playing uh, a fantasy hockey league and it's categories and you got to win your categories each week against the your opponent and you get points accumulated at the end of the week. Now, the first thing I need to ask you, Andy, is do you have much of a strategy going into this draft tonight? Uh, because I have a slight one and I don't want to reveal too much, but I, I will I will mention it. But do you have a strategy going into a fantasy hockey draft? Uh no, no, I don't know if I, I I think calling it a strategy would give myself too much credit. I don't know if it's a strategy so much. Obviously, I, I try to have a nice mix of undervalued uh, assets, you know, and players, um, especially as it pertains to the, you know, some of the, the parameters of the, the fantasy hockey league that you're in and the categories. Um, but not really a lot of it. And in, in the past I've come up with, I've told myself this is going to be my strategy. And then gut instinct takes over the second, like I see it's like, you're on the clock, you have 20 seconds. You're like, Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're like the one player I forgot about is listed as like, you know, the, the idiot, uh, you know, here, this will help you idiot. You know, our <laughs> fantasy experts say, pick this guy. I'm like, I forgot about that guy. I should pick that guy, you know? So, I, so unfortunately, um, I don't really have much strategy. Like I said, uh, for me, it is more player related. I, I just try to, uh, you know, I think obviously first and foremost in fantasy hockey, it's like, uh, you know, I try to think if there will be any, uh, players that have, a track record of performing at a high level that might take an impact. Uh, you know, there are some players that I would have easily have drafted last year and still remain good players, but for other reasons, I'm not so sure if that I, I they might be too much for risk for me to draft, you know, them this year. So I obviously, I do go a little bit based on, on risk and things of that nature. Like, you know, this is not a, obviously I don't think Austin Matthews is going, his goals, you know, scoring is going to fall off a cliff. Right. But obviously with, you know, players like uh, Johnny Gaudreau or uh, Matthew Kachuk or hell, even um, Jonathan Huberdeau, you know, change of sceneries for all three players. So obviously you kind of have to take that into account and say, who do you think landed in a, a comfy spot? And like, are they playing in a system that will allow them to keep doing what they have done so well? You know what I mean? So, yeah, those are those are usually the things I, I probably delve into more and take and consider more. Yeah, I, I'm with you too. Uh, I tend to overthink situations and, and scenarios a lot. And, you know, the one thing that I, I think I've been, you know, victim to with fantasy hockey is basically thinking that uh, because a player plays for the Sharks, he will never get a point in his life. So I could never draft him. And then I end up playing that player like during Tomash that week. Hurdle just yeah, like Hurdle. And, you, yeah. yeah, he'll go off for like 12 points within the week. And I'll be like, huh, here I was thinking that this guy is worthless and uh, he just demolished me. So uh, that's probably my biggest thing I need to get over mentally. Uh, you know, right off the bat, you know, it's a blessing or a curse when you're drafting to have the first overall pick. Uh, I do want to ask you, if you had the choice with the number one pick, who are you taking? I mean, I think depending on the league, but... I, you know, it's, it's going to be, I don't think you have to re overthink this one, you know, any, I think, I think Connor obviously offer Connor or, or Matthews, I think offer 
value beyond maybe another player. Like you could say, well, I, I want to take Kale McCarr because whatever, he's the best defenseman in the league, but how much value over the second best defenseman, or even if, if Roman Yossi, let's say puts up more points than him, you know what I mean? But I just think if you have the first pick in a draft, I mean, I think you go for, um, I think you, you have to go for who you think is the best player in the league. You know what I mean? Or, you well, know, your yeah, I, winner. it doesn't, yeah. I mean, listen, you don't have to do that. Cause at the end of the day, <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I think, I think, you know, I just, I, I do think that it's just, I think that's the one scenario where you're picking first overall, where I think, you know, whatever, you know, Connor just being the literally a generational perennial art, you know, art Ross winner. It's like, you know, like, I don't know. I, I think you got to almost pick Connor and I would accept Austin Matthews, you know? I mean, listen, if you, if you have your heart set on like, you know what, I need to get uh, Roman Yossi or for whatever reason, and you want to take Roman Yossi first overall, I mean, I guess be my guest, you know, hopefully it works out for you, but. No, you'd yeah. be, you'd be crazy. The only thing yeah. I think I could, I could say, well, Austin Matthews to me is a very interesting first overall pick. And, you know, I, I don't want to go into too much detail, but I do think, you know, I, there's something about drafting from the Edmonton Oilers that scares me a little bit. Only that, like, is Connor McDavid due for just one year of a setback? That's what, like, and I'm going to be the one who has uh, Connor McDavid. Like same thing with Drysaddle. Like, is he if he gets hurt on like I'm, I'm doomed. Like I'm never going to get points. Where I feel like Austin Matthews is safe up in Toronto. He's going to have a million goals. Uh, he's going to put up a ton of points. Uh, it actually kind of makes rooting for the Maple Leafs a little bit more fun. I'm never really gonna. I'm not going to watch a ton of Oiler games. So you know, for me, the intriguing pick would be Austin Matthews first overall. I doubt I'll get the first overall pick. That's just never who I am. I always get like eighth. Like it's never, it's never like at the very bottom where I can do two back to back. So I end up like waiting, like the whatever waiting the most amount of time is. That's what that's usually the pick that I'll end up getting. Um, and you know, the, I think the last question I think I have for you, Andy, in terms of fantasy is. You uh, let's just say, for instance, you have two goalies. You have to draft the goalie. Who are you taking first? Are you taking Shesterkin or are you taking Vasilevsky? I'm not gonna say. I'm, I'm, this, this might, <laughs> this might uh, unfortunately, this is now where uh, my answer might uh, change perspective on tonight's draft, and I would prefer. I'm gonna plead the fifth on this one. You know, one of the car- categories is save. You know that saves, right? No, I know, and uh, you're almost guaranteed to win it with Shesterkin because he's gonna end up with you know, 45 plus saves, uh, on most nights, uh, especially well, against some of the elite. That talent. is, that is true. And that's, that's tough because it's like, you know, there are goaltenders who I think will have better seasons than Shesterkin, but like you said, he's a lock to, to, to you know, there's some you know, categories like the Rangers, that are just locks. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, the Rangers lost seven to 10, but Shesterkin still somehow made 43 <laughs> saves, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, you're not going to win, you know, the goals against average, but you, you saves are on lock and uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think they'll fare, fare pretty well with wins. So um, also, I do want to ask you, would it be weird? Are you, are you opposed to draft drafting Georgie and how and how high would you take him? I'm not opposed to drafting him, but 
Is there a part of you that just doesn't want to root for this guy all year long? I mean, you know what's funny? It's like if Georgiev has a good season with the Avalanche, I'd be like, okay, like, yeah, they're a good team. That makes sense. And I wouldn't feel strongly about it one way or another. But if they get, if they just have a, a hell of a time where they're losing games, they should be winning because of him. I'm going to have a little bit of, there's going to be some shade and fruit there on my part. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be kind of like, well, you know, yeah, you know, thought, cause listen, <clears throat> I don't, I obviously don't blame Georgia for no, the situation no. he was in. Uh, I definitely don't think, you know, he was the, um, the instigator of the D'Angelo incident. You know what I mean? Even though he's the one who probably you got in his face after Tony said something like stupid, but um, it did seem though that all of the comments, I think, and I was listening to Steve Valaket. I forget who's, I think it was on Arthur Staples podcast and he made, or it was either Vince's podcast or Arthur Staples podcast. And he made some interesting comments about Georgiev about not, you know, and all the fans always said, oh, well, he doesn't like dap Igor up when they win. What the fuck's that all about? And then you're always kind of like, well, I'm probably just that, you know, this is probably just like a nothing burger. But even he made it's like, you know, you get the sense that he wasn't, you know, he was whatever he he's, you know, would give the guy a little half hearted, whatever. But you didn't really get the sense he was truly happy and supportive, which is important for a goalie. You know what I mean? For. Because especially if Igor, had, who had a great season last year, struggles this year, um, you're going to need a guy who can, you know, kind of help bolster him up. You know what I mean? Whereas uh, you get the sense that a Georgiev would would be trying to, you know, try to like give if he saw it like his opening, he'd be what you know giving him anchors. You know what I mean? Like uh, you know, throw, yeah, throwing him anchors instead of lifesavers. Whereas we know. Either Yaroslav Halak, who's like, listen, man, I'm already 39 years old or whatever the fuck he is. It's just going to be, he knows his, he's on the, he's the backup. He he can be supportive or Louis Domingue can just, you know, make him some spicy pork and broccoli or bake him a, some bread or something and be like, you know, I, you know, just keep, keep his spirits high or whatever, you know? So, uh, so yeah, no, I would, I would take enjoyment in watching your gift struggle, but as a, do I think he might be a good pick for fantasy? You know, I really, I really don't know. And I, cause I, you know, the funny thing is I look at Colorado's bottom six and I'm like, Hmm, it's interesting. It's clearly not as good as last year. They'll still be a good team. They still have excellent pieces, but I'm like, you know, that those two bottom six and their third pairing will be on the, on the ice with Georgiev quite a, quite a often. So I don't know. Just gives me a little bit of pause, you know? So I'll have to see how I feel about it tonight. I might pick him in the moment, but, uh, if I'm being, if I'm being honest, I'm not, wasn't planning. Yeah. I have a, one more last question. And I, this one is pretty much sums me up uh, perfectly. There's a good chance. I end up taking a lot of Carolina hurricanes players uh, simply on the fact that uh, if I have a bad year, that means Carolina has had a bad year and maybe the Rangers could leapfrog them with, you know, with my luck uh, being the reason sole reason of why that happens. Um, is there any player in the league maybe you'd irrationally take to secretly mush them? And then if they do good, at least you'll have them in fantasy. Oh yeah. Um, probably Matt Barzell. Barzell. I would. Barzell. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good but one. He's a tough, but Barzell's a tough one. Cause it's like, everyone's been waiting for the, the pop for forever and it just has never happened. You know what I mean? So yeah. You know, you you could say this is the year they got a new coach. 
But then you look at who they got to play with them and it was nobody. And you're like, well, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so he's like maybe the one guy because that means the island. If if he sucks this year or if he just doesn't do anything of note, I don't know if they're with their new system, it'll be enough. They have enough firepower to, you know, I knew, I was confident with Barry. They could score only two goals, but win all their games by only allowing one. I'm not so sure about that with Lane Lambert. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Uh, well, they well, this is a good segue because they beat us the other night. Um, yeah. You know, what do you think? Did you get a chance to watch the game? Yeah, or, I did. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think it was. I thought it was both teams trying not to really get hurt. Um, I thought that the ca- the chances that the Islanders kind of ca- capitalized on were just kind of chances that kind of just came out of nowhere. You know what I mean? I didn't think they were. You know, I I, I know Tenorti was on the ice for at least two of them, I believe, and he stinks, stinks on ice, you know. But there was just some – one was a weird bounce, and just one was Schneider – just giving too much respect to Barzell and there was a screen and, you know, it didn't really bother me too much. And, you know, there's power play goal. So in the end, I thought the game was, eh, it was what it was. I didn't really read too much into it. If you, if you read on, you know, Rangers social media, you'd, you'd think the sky was falling and like now we're doomed and Islander fans are, are like, we're winning the cup this year, you know? And, and they're like, Ooh, Sturkin looks real pedestrian right now. He's going to have a bad year. So I'm like, okay, I do yeah. think I did get a sense like, did Kreider, I don't know if I noticed him at all in any game, you know? So uh, I just think, I think most of the Rangers at this point, there seems a bit of a bit of like, I'm not throwing my back. I'm not hurting myself before the regular season starts. So I'll panic if they play like that in game one against uh, Tampa, you know? But, but hey, yeah. Capo Caco, who looked great in the last preseason, looked um, even better in this preseason. So, you know, if uh, if I'm going off the preseason, Capo Capo is is like one of the best snipers in the league now. That goal he scored was that was, was unbelievable. Unbelievable! <laughs> what a, what a goal! And he looks faster. He's finally got that little bit of separation. He still falls down sometimes, which is fine because he's always kind of like on his you know moving laterally. But but I think that's just the thing is that his ability to move laterally like that helps him so much because you don't know which way his feet are set. Whereas other players in that position would have to like, they can't do that. You know what I mean? They cannot, they can't manipulate the, the, the offensive zone and like small seams like that because they either have to take it, settle it down, bring it all the way across their body to set themselves and then fire. You know what I mean? Whereas for him to be able to be literally just doing backwards crossovers, just moving, you know, almost, between uh you know just from like yeah just almost like between player seams just to catch it you know half pump a fake like you're gonna put it to a guy across and then just pick literally the smallest bit of daylight in the top left i was like oh my god you know i was yeah i mean i i think you can tell how hyped that goal got me you know so but again it's the preseason i I refuse a lot to i've been burned by you know, I thought Capo after how he looked last preseason, I'm like, this guy's going to torch it up. And, you know, eh, he was fine in the regular season. He got better as it gone on, but he got hurt at one point when he was looking good. But the fact yeah. that it seems like he's reclaimed uh, the right wing top line, top line minutes is is awesome. That's the one good thing to probably come out of this preseason. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. 
New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I think Rangers going into the regular season, there's a couple more questions that I have just about this roster. And listen, I know day one, we don't have to figure this out. It's going to be a constant shuffle of, you know, youth and veterans and, you know, performance and, and you know, people string together a good game so they might get rewarded more ice time. I, I kind of understand that, you know, the, the, Basically, the New York Rangers forwards are going to revolve around, you know, Mika being the 1C, Trocek being the 2C, and then, you know, Heedle being 3, and then just a hodgepodge everywhere else. Because, yeah, it, it, it's, it's weird. And I think the one thing, and uh, Frankie brought it up uh, in one of my group chats that I was in, and it was basically like the bromance between Kreider and Zibanejad does that end this year? Like, why do we have to have Kreider automatically be on our first line? Like, I understand they like each other. I understand they have some power play chemistry, but like five on five, they're not really that impressive. They can still play a ton of minutes together on the power play. Kreider would probably be better off playing on, you know, uh, playing a matchup of somebody else's third line and playing third line minutes. Uh, he can kill penalties. Uh, he can still go out there for key faceoffs and draws, you know, if you need a bigger, you know, faster body out there. I just, for me, it was such a good point, and I don't feel like it's talked about enough, but Chris Kreider playing on the first line, why is that an automatic? And, like, is is there a possi- possibility that this changes? I mean, I, I think there's a possibility if it changes only as, if it's just this flat out not working um, in the, you know, three games into the season. Um, I think, you know, why Panarin can never be with uh, Kreider and uh, Zabanajad, you know, I, I don't know. It's like, it just, I, because it's, I know, understand it's like, oh, because it's been that way. And it, it like, it well, worked I feel last like year. They don't want to stack the superstar talent. I think when it really comes down to it, the offense revolves around, you know, Panarin on the second line and Mika being on the first line, because those are our two breakout superstars that put up points. And, you know, I, although I do understand it, and I do think there's key moments where they probably should be playing together, um, but I also understand about spreading out the talent. Now, for me, the one thing that just has always remained constant is the Kreider question, and I think it, this can be answered or should be re-questioned now that we have you know, Lafreniere being a first overall pick, a kid that can play the left side and, you know, his game is getting better. And at this point, you know, I, if he has a, a good start to this season, there's no reason why we're not playing him on the first line 
with Mika Zibanejad over Chris Kreider, especially if they're not putting up five on five points, those two, Chris and, and Mika. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, you know, although it looks like it was a work in progress, Trocek and Panarin haven't exactly clicked. I mean, is there a reason? And when Heedle played with Panarin in Jersey, they that line looked pretty good, right? You know, so yeah, who's to say Trocek won't slot slot down to the third line? Um, you know, I mean, I think a lot of the Rangers lineup issues, there is a bit of things that have to do with ego and, and player pride and all those other, other dumb things that coaches probably have to deal with. You know what I mean? But I mean, yeah, it's hard to know. Cause it's like, who knows? They could just end up reverting to what they wanted originally. Cause as of right now, Kraftsoff is on the final roster, but he probably won't play opening night. Right until someone does bad and they put them in. Right. So who knows? Maybe things will revert and they'll say, fuck it, you know, kid line, you're back. But now you're our second line or our hell, you're our first line. You know what I mean? It's just hard to know. Um, well, can I ask gonna... you another question? Go ahead. With this, is, is Jimmy VC going to start on the second line? Oh, boy. With the Blay injury and Kako now, you know, moving up to maybe the probably the top line to start the season off with. Um, you know, then you have Lafreniere, Heedle, and maybe a Barkley Goudreau. Are you going to move Goudreau up to the second line, or are you going to move up, uh, you know, a Jimmy v- VC? Yeah, that's tough. It's like they're, none of them are good answers, and that's the Rangers' perennial <laughs> problem is that somehow through, I mean, and listen, I I fully admit, I mean, Kraft's off didn't really inspire too much confidence in the no. preseason. That was his kind of a shot. I mean, you still have to go give him some reps, obviously, in NHL games. It, it just is what it is. You I just feel I mean? like that's not going to happen, though. Well, but they're not going to. I think. I mean, he's going to have to play eventually. Do you think they're going to start Kraftsoff off on the second line? I think the first time Kraftsoff draws into the lineup, it's it's alongside Panarin. I do. Okay, but it, but it won't be until Jimmy VC, whoever else is there, just doesn't, or Goudreau, it just clearly doesn't work. Like this if is... Panarin goes, if Panarin goes two games without a point, Artemi Panarin, uh, I think Kravtsov is going to draw back in, and they're going to say, okay, "Okay, let's see." That's just my guess. I mean, Andy, I have a real bad feeling about this season. I just, I do. I, I now that now that I'm just well, thinking about it, not a not a call. I didn't want to call back, but I said, "Wow, the the Jets are winning." <laughs> The uh, of course, of course, Ryan Giblin is trying to call me while oh, Jesus. we're podcasting. Of course, uh, um, but anyway, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, the Jets are winning. You know, the Mets are in the playoffs. The Giants are winning. Uh, you know, the New York Knicks look excellent in the preseason. I, yeah, I'm real worried. You, every New York team simply cannot be good. The J- Devils look much improved. The Islanders look like they that they're setting out to prove that last year was an aberration. Uh, so yeah, where does that leave the New York Rangers? I don't know. I, yeah, I have a you know I've uh, you know I try not to be too fair weather and hedge my bets. All that seems to be all I do actually. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm definitely a little bit worried about because I feel like just. I could see a season where the New York Rangers do eventually figure it out, but it's just too little too late, you know? 
Yeah, and I just worry too that like the bottom feeders, there's just so much hype around them. Like you know, even uh, just like the Ottawa Senators and and the Detroit Red Wings, those two teams alone, I feel like are going to be fighting for that you know wild card spot. And if the Rangers don't get their act together, and and, and I'll be honest, I wasn't going to bring this up because this is definitely a, just a me thing, because there's no possible way a, a, any normal person would be able to get this feeling. But I do feel like that there's this expectation that we're automatically in the playoffs with the New York Rangers. I think people are ranking them too high. I don't think there's an underdog story anymore. I think with the season that Igor had, that everyone knows that he's, you know, a top two goaltender in the league. It's, you can't even argue it. Uh, I, I do think that, you know, now that we have Trocheck and he's considered a real number two center, there's not that scapegoat in Strom. Uh, and I just feel like, you know, with our, you know, Lafreniere being the number one overall pick, Kako being the number two overall pick, you know, these guys are ready. They're ready to take the next step. And I just, I worry that, you know, this team thinks it's just going to be handed to them, which I think could be further from the truth. I think you're going to get every single team's best game against you, especially when they come into Madison Square Garden, because you know Ranger fans are going to show up. There's expectations, so the garden's going to be bumping at first. And this, if this team fails and goes on a skid, especially to start the season, and I know you know we kind of go on the road in the middle of that first week, but I, I, it's going to be weird. It's going to be very weird because there's going to be a lot of finger pointing, and the old you know pointing the finger at Strom doesn't exist, and you know you know, maybe blaming, you know, our, our defensive depth and not having a, a legit bottom pairing def- defense pair. And we're expecting too much from our top four defensemen. I think there's just too much. There's too many, you know, there's too many, I think, uh, scapegoats that we have here that like won't be fair. And it's really just going to come down to how the New York Rangers are approaching this season mentally. And that's literally it. And it's not going to be Panarin's fall. It's not going to be Truba's fall. It's going to be a collective group team issue that the New York Rangers think that this is just going to be handed to them, and it's not. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm justified in feeling this way, Andy, but uh, this is kind of the vibe I've gotten. If maybe they've won a couple more preseason games, I've had a little bit more confidence in them. But uh, overall, uh, I'm, I'm more worried than I am confident. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't know how you feel. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, the, I do think the Rangers can at least figure things out. Um, I think if Jones and Schneider, a lot's going to rest on that pair. I think Jones has looked phenomenal in the preseason. He was awesome against the Islanders. He looks like a mini Fox out there. He does. The one thing I worry about, though, is a full 82 game you know, NHL yeah. schedule. I mean, that's, it's tough. It's a different, it's yeah. a different animal for these guys. That's true. But I think, I think overthinking that, and I'm not saying you, but I'm thinking for, if Gerard Gallant goes, well, I'm going to just stick Jared Tenorti who can literally <laughs> suck for a full, that's, I know he can suck for a full 82 games. Like, no, I'd rather have him be good and then trail for, 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 you know, three quarters of it and trail off towards the end and then cross that bridge when you come to it. But you know, I mean, this this team literally has no good options. It's Hayek and Tenorti, right? Right. Although, did they wave Tenorti today? Is he done? Uh, actually, you know what? I think you know, Hayek and Jones made the team, and and Tenorti did not. Uh, I, 
Did I want, um, hold on. I think Vince did tweet about Tenori today. I was actually just headed there. Um, yeah, but it's, yeah, Jones and Hayek and, uh, Blaine might go to the IR, which I don't know. I don't know what to think of anymore of the New York Rangers. Uh, but anyway, Andy, I, I like, I, I'm, I'm going to be positive going in. I'm going to have the right mindset. I'm going to be excited when the puck drops against Tampa Bay. I am. I'm going to be positive. But there is that dark little spot in my brain that is going to be thinking, James, this could all implode and we're not going to have a very good season. That's going to be there. But I'm going to go in. Majority of myself is going to be positive. I promise. I made a promise, I think, to the podcast that I would go in positive into this season. I've, you know, had a roller coaster of emotions all preseason long. I think if we beat the Islanders in our last preseason game, I'd feel a little bit more confident of my team. But overall, I feel like we have too many question marks of where people are playing. And I, I think it's way too overcomplicated. And I worry that the scapegoats this year are going to be completely unjustified especially because it's going to majority of people are going to point to you know Panarin he doesn't have enough you know you know you know Panarin's not doing enough he makes too much money we could have two players that can produce just as much as he can with depth and like yeah it's just I I, I don't know I have I worry about I just worry about all those things um the one another question I have for you Andy is um you know with Obviously, Lafreniere, hopefully breaking out, taking the next step. Um, do you think that he will permanently play on the first line if he's really starting to come into his own and completely knock Kreider off the pedestal of the top left wing spot? Because I do think there's a difference between Kreider playing himself off the top line and Lafreniere playing himself onto that top line. Yeah. Um, you know, it's tough to say because of Gallant's whole, like, I want every, you know, he always says, like, I want to roll four lines, four first lines joke, you know. Yeah, but those teams, like, never win. Like, you know. No, I, mean? I know like, that. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, you just, I think you basically, you want to have, you know, it's, it doesn't, I know it, it doesn't have to be as formulaic as, like, you know, elite scoring line elite scoring line, checking line, fourth line who can chip an offense. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think there's so many factors like already splitting up, taking Kako off the kid line. I think he, he'll want to keep two of the three together at some, you know, no matter what. But I don't know if, I mean, if Kreider's not doing much, I think Kreider has to play his way off. Then I think, I think Lafreniere can, just be hot, 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 hot. And Galan will say, great, this, this kid who's, who just can finally drink is hot, 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 hot. He might be a first-line player, but I'm, I'm keeping him on the third line. You know what I mean? Where Kaka, I just think their hand was forced too much. You know? So. And I yeah. think, I also think that um, a combination of them, you know, Kako looking so good at being his natural side, him naturally being a right winger, and them really, really, really not wanting to move Savannah, uh, excuse me, Lafreniere to, to his off, you know, to his off wing, played a big part in that too. So, I think Kreider has to lose this spot. I don't. Th- I think Lafreniere can be the hottest player in the league, but then he'll continue to be the hottest player in the league on the third line. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I, 
Uh, yeah. I well, just... I mean, if I mean, it doesn't. It wouldn't make sense, <sighs> but to, it would make sense to Gerard Gallant. I, I that's my guess. Is it me, or have we gone from the New York Rangers' offense has gotten a lot better, or has gotten better, to now we don't even know if the New York Rangers' offense can com- compete on a daily basis? Like that. That's like where I've come from because now it's like. Now it's like, well, Kravtsov's on the second line, definitely. And now we've gone to VC on the second line. Blaze back on the IR. Uh, you know, we don't. You know, Kreider can't score fifty goals again. He's on the first line. He stinks. And then I just feel like the 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 tide has completely changed on this team. And it happened like almost overnight, like just during the preseason alone. Just the uh, the vibes of this team has completely changed. I could be wrong. Um, yeah. Go ahead. You, yeah. Go ahead. No, I mean, up. you know, again, it's it's the nature of sports. Obviously, I think we understand that. Um, if the Rangers come out like a house of fire, this all goes, you know, uh, in, uh against Tampa. Even if they lose, but they look really good, I think this all goes away. <laughs> you know, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, call it, and I, I think it's something I kind of love about New York sports most new york sports fans is that they always have this this i don't want to say negativity but they never get they never get too high on their own supply if that makes any sense you know what i mean i don't there are some fans who obviously do but i think for the most part they understand it's like this could all get messed up you know (laughs) at, at some point so um but yeah i mean you know i it's funny because it's like it's like the Rangers last year, Igor kept them in the first half of the season. Then they they got better, but they still had a really hot power play and they had a very good season. It's like the Rangers could generate all sorts of offensive five on five and not score as much. And ultimately, let's say they missed the playoffs by like two points, but they were like a top whatever team in, you know you know, their overall metrics were better. So they technically played better, but they didn't, their shooting percentage wasn't as high. They didn't finish their chances as much and they didn't get as much puck luck as they got last year. I mean, you know, Ranger fans would want to go back to the year before, <laughs> you know what I mean? They can, they can talk all they want about, Oh, I want to be a better five on five team. And I get it. Cause it's at the end of the day. It, it's, it stands to reason that, that the more you do that, the more you are more likely to score. But, you know, the, I think the Rangers have always, well, not always, but for the last little while here, they've always been a team that doesn't get a lot of quantity, but they do generate quality and they finish their quality because they have players like Kreider, Zibanejad, and Panarin, you know what I mean? And Adam Fox and guys who can finish it from the back end and make insane passing plays that not other players in the league can make, you know? So, but we, we shall see, you know? I mean, hopefully that's what this, this new generation with the Heedle you know, Kako being a possession monster and great defensively, Hedl be, being just better every year and kind of just rounding out his game to be a real a guy who flies around the ice, you know, and is great in transition. And then even Lafreniere, who's just, you know, he forechecks way better now. He's a lot stronger on his skates. He's And he's having more confidence rushing the puck out of his own end, you know? So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, I do think that, this negativity i i've seen a lot of it on social media so i do think there is a a bit of the rangers fan base is worried but i think again if they look great to start the season then yeah it's probably going to just go away but uh yeah i don't know but say what you will but if there's anyone who is better at getting you know 
more out of less. Gerard, it's Gerard Gallant. He somehow is, that's kind of his thing and he's done it. And you, you kind of scratch your head and say why, but that's his, what he does. And that's what he's done his entire career. And I guess he'll continue to do it. Yeah. And I don't know, Andy, I, I don't have anything else. You know, I, I do. I am super excited that the season's starting. Let's, let's not, let's that, let that be known. Uh, you know, obviously there's going to be questions with this team. We're not going to be perfect. We aren't perfect. And, you know, we're going to have to grind ourselves into uh, a season where there are expectations and we're going to have to deliver. And I, you know, I've said this many times on the podcast, but our superstars are just going to have to perform like superstars and put up numbers and put up points. And I don't want to hear, you know, 20 games into the season, Mika having two goals and, you know, everyone's talking about how his defensive play is, you know, you know, one of the best in the league. It's like, yeah, I don't care anymore. I don't care about that type of metric. Like I care about two things. I care about winning and, you know, I care about, you know, player performances because it's, it's, they're dependent on each other, you know, and you're not going to win many hockey games if your highest paid players don't perform. And, you know, we need guys to put the puck in the net. We need guys to shut down our opponents and we need our goalies to make saves. And it's at the end of the day, it's that simple. And, you know, we did that last year and we did that consistently and that was great. And I know a lot of that had to do with bringing in Gallant, um, you know, but now this is a new season with expectations. There's a target on your back and, you know, you're going to have to, you know, play every, every team's best. You're going to have to play against every team's best team because they're going to, they're going to come ready to play you knowing that, you know, you're a team that made it to the Eastern conference final last year. And you're one of the contending teams in the league's eyes for a Stanley Cup. So, uh, you know, like you said, Andy, on the podcast before, Tampa, you know, had expectations and they struggled at times and, you know, were eventually able to get to the Stanley Cup. But overall, there's, you know, for the New York Rangers, there's going to be some growing pain still. So um, is there uh, anything else that you really want to talk about? Now, now Gibby is actually calling me right now. So, oh boy, uh, yeah, God knows what that kid's up to right now. <laughs> no, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll wrap. We will wrap this up uh, with this. It's super exciting that the uh, the Rangers regular season is uh, um, about to start. Um, I know last time on our podcast, I had vaguely alluded to a lot going on uh, with me personally. And I'll, you know, just to finish off this podcast, I just want to expand upon it pretty quickly. Um, I suffered an injury at work. Um, it resulted in me having to lose two thirds of my index finger, which really sucks. And it is kind of like a freak accident. Um, so yeah, it's been a kind of a tough emotional time for me personally. Um, but that being said, while I kind of sit here kind of trying to figure out how I'm going to move forward with this. It's super comforter, uh, excuse me, comforting to have, you know, this podcast uh, and New York Rangers hockey to kind of just keep my mind off of what's going on, right? if, at least for a second, because, you know, I mean, say what you will, but I could be screaming in agony because I've lost a finger. But if at the same time there's this TV screen and I see Libor Hayek like do a drop pass to nobody. I will stop to scream at the screen about how Libor Hayek has rocks for brains. Doesn't matter what's going on with me or what I'm doing. That's how engrossed I am 
by this New York Rangers team. Uh, and I'm just want to say, I'm super thankful to, you know, all my family, my friends, uh, my co-hosts on this podcast, just everyone who has supported me through this time. Um, you know, you, I love all of you. You mean the world to me because it's been very difficult, but it's made so much more less difficult and easier because of all of you. So yeah, I mean, that's that, uh, again, you know, I have two, two less inches to work with, but that doesn't mean, you know, I'm luckily it was those two inches and not another two inches as, uh, some of my friends keep telling me. Um, and you know, it, it's just, I'm excited for this season, you know, no matter what, uh, I have personally going on because yeah, it, it's always scary when you don't know what's coming up or around the corner or what, you know, things don't look so good at the moment, but, um, that's the, that's the thing about hope is that, you know, no matter where you think you're at, that doesn't mean that's where you're going to end up. And that's kind of what, how I see it for me right now. And that's also how I see it for the 2022-2023 New York Rangers. So let's start the season. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. And please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.